Welcome to Rock Bible Church, Christ-centered, biblically-based. We're a compelling, casual community, and we're trying to do that in a lot of different ways. And uh, we'll talk about those some other time. But tomorrow night, would love for you guys to be here. We'll be 3 o'clock or 4.30. Uh, different sermon. It'll be the fifth carol. Um, and so uh, would love for you to be here. Here's our commitment to you. One hour, in and out candy canes, all that stuff. We're going to sing, and there'll be Christmas ornaments, your Rock Bible Church Christmas ornament. Do you have the one from last year? Some of you do, some of you don't. It doesn't matter. You can get one this year. It's new and improved, okay? Uh, so we'd love to share that with you. Bunch more singing, a uh, little, little bit shorter sermon, uh, but we're going to do tomorrow night's carol is Silent Night. Okay, so that's what we'll be doing tomorrow night. This morning, we're continuing in our series, and we're doing the namesake of the series. When Bryce and I started talking about it and thinking what we want to do, he thought of this song, and the more we looked at it, we thought, oh, let's just call this ser- the series, The Earth Should Still, a Christmas song series. Today, we're doing The Earth Stood Still, the actual song. I know many of you are, are thinking, oh, yeah, I don't think I know that song, <laughs> Right? Let's pray and we'll jump in and then you'll know it. Lord, thanks for this morning. Thanks for this season. Thank you, Lord, that it is the Christmas season and it's so much more than a holiday. And we're reminded, Lord, how easily we can be distracted and move on, uh, turn it into something that's about us. We can get competitive, materialistic, all these things. And pray, pray, Lord, that you would help us and remind us that we are your creation from the beginning, and that that will never change. And so we thank you for one of the greatest reminders, that you came down so we would remember, and you took the human form. And so, Father, be with us this morning as we look at this carol and, and the two passages, and I pray, Lord, they would help us to focus on you, focus on us. And we pray for both of those. We pray this in your son Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Yeah, Earth Stood Still. There's the title, right? And and how's the melody go? The earth stood still. Oh, wait, no, that's not it. Do you remember? You can't. Why? Here's why. It only came out in 2010. It's a new one, kind of. Although it's almost a decade old, right? Do you know what um, the future of forestry is? It's like, oh, no, are we going environmental? No, that's actually the name of the band. It's called The Future of Forestry. They came out with this song in 2010. Let me read you some of the lyrics because I know two of us are familiar with this, maybe for sure, maybe a one or two more of you. Uh, but the, the poem is great. A teenage girl and her son-to-be. Excuse me. A teenage girl and her soon-to-be. I forgot to know very much changes the meaning. (laughs) Second service is so much more fun than first. (laughs) Who's the teenage girl in the soon-to-be? Mary and Joseph. Joseph. Okay, good. You're following. A simple trip far as they could see. The sky was clear and the house serene, but did they know what the night would bring? Lonely hearts strung across the land. They've been waiting long for a healing hand. My heart was there, and I felt the chill. Love came down, and the earth stood still. 
Love came down, and the earth stood still. Shepherds stirred under starry skies, tasting grace that would change their lives. The angels trembled. We're going to hear about them in a minute. And the demons did too, for they knew very well what pure grace would do. The hope of the world and a baby boy, I remember him well like I was there that night. My heart was there and I felt the chill. Love came down and the earth stood still. Love came down and the earth stood still. We're going to repeat that line a couple more times, but not right now. Uh, it sounds like somebody should put that to music and we should sing it, huh? <laughs> Good news. They did. Uh, we, we've got this young girl with a lot of questions. We've got this soon-to-be, Joseph, with a lot of questions and a lot of problems. And wondering, lonely hearts, angels and demons trembling. That doesn't sound like Christmas yet. Doesn't sound like just before Christmas, like right the moments before, the days before. Uh, it made me think this week of the beginning of both stories that we get in Matthew and Luke. So this morning, as we study the carol, the earth stood still. I want us to look at just a couple verses in Matthew 1 and then a couple verses in Luke 1. And I want to show you something maybe you never put together before. I thought it was fun this week. I think you will too. Let's, look, let's start with Matthew and, um, and Mary. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus took, this, took place this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Whoops. That's an awkward place for Mary to be, isn't it? You're not going to be able to explain that one. Her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Do we remember this story? Sometimes we sometimes they cover it at church at Christmas, sometimes they don't, but we've heard it. Maybe not exactly last year, but over the, the years of Christmas, we've heard this story. What's Joseph going to do? Well, he's going to do the right thing. Why? Because the angel shows up, right? As he was considering these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, you're, if you're ha Joseph and you had that dream, you're wondering what you just ate. Because <laughs> that, one, that one's a hard one to swallow, to buy. She will bear a son, verse 21. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. He will save them. This is what's going to happen. Is, is, is this a prophecy? Absolutely. And Joseph has to decide if he buys in. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. You shall call his name Emmanuel, which means... Isaiah chapter 7. We've been waiting for this for a really, really long time. Kind of feels like the song. When Joseph woke from sleep, is the dream over? When he woke from sleep, the dream's over, right? Now he has to do as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And it says he did. He followed the dream. He took his wife. 
but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. Knew her not. Something's just changed there. And he called his name Jesus. Yep, now I'm confirmed, and now I've got two changes. Everything changes in those last two phrases. Intense. What? What do you mean intense? I don't mean intense. I mean intense. We're doing English. I know school's out for break. But why did the tense just change in the last two sentences? Because the dream's over. And Matthew's recording this. The angel shows up to tell Joseph about past, present, and he also says future. Here is what's going to happen. She will, you will, don't be afraid, and then you name him this, and da, da, right? This is what you're going to do. In the last two sentences, it goes to, but he knew her not. What tense is new? Past. And is it ongoing? If it was an ongoing past verb, you say, he was knowing or was not knowing. Instead, it says, did not know or knew her not. That's not ongoing. It's completed. That means it's over. And when it says he called his name Jesus, where in time are you compared to that action? At this point in telling the story, it's already happened. So it's not just defining of the past or the present. It's telling of the future, and then Matthew skips over to, and this is what happened. We get a prophecy and the fulfillment all within a couple words. It's a great way to look at it. Uh, did Mary have some questions? Did Joseph have some questions? And they get this messenger, this angel. It kind of says, you know, Christmas hasn't happened yet, but there's more going on than you think. There's more going on than you've done. And there will be more that happens than you know. There's a bigger game going on here than just you. Did Joseph need to hear that? Yeah. See, the earth was about to stand still, and he needed to know. When we jump over to Luke chapter 1, it's, it's kind of almost the same story, only we're going to flip genders. Ready? Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel. Ooh, now the angel has a name. So what do we think the angel's name was in the last one? Probably Gabriel. It doesn't say for sure. But he was sent from God to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to the virgin, betrothed to a man who was named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was? And he came to? Wait, I thought the angel went to Joseph in a dream. Now it says the angel went to a city in Galilee called Nazareth and talked to her. Wait, did the angel go to the guy or did the angel go to the girl? Yes. Both? Folks, we just found gender equality. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone for now. How great that each of them get an angel. Each of them get a message. Implies each are important to God. Does God care about women? Yes. God have a message for women? 
could women be right sometimes? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Folks, you really miss out if you don't come to church. <laughs> One of the ladies in the front said, always. <laughs> Are women sometimes right? Always. I love that. Right? Uh, so uh, an angel comes to both of them came to her and said, greetings, verse 28 in the middle, greetings, O favored one. What a greeting. Am I going to wear it? O favored, what does that mean? See, you guys don't even know. Like, you think it's good, right? Yeah, but how do you explain it? You know, some of the God stuff you can't really explain, you can just kind of experience So I'm going to invite you to experience, okay? You're going to somebody's house tomorrow. Or they're coming to your house tomorrow. Or the next day, maybe, I don't know. You celebrate both days if you're in the right family. (laughs) When when you walk in, or when they walk in, I want you to say, greetings, oh favored one. (laughs) And see what happens. It'll be positive. Right? This This is a good greeting, right? Why does she need a good greeting? She's scared. She's freaked out. As my kids would say, she's triggered. (laughs) Right? Did it feel like she was favored to her at that point? No. No. And the Lord is with you, he says. Did she feel like the Lord was with her? Way too many questions. You know, if all of her questions and all of her fears got answered or solved... Would it feel like the earth stood still? Now we're seeing why we get the song, right? She was greatly troubled, verse 29. That's an understatement at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. So she had trouble with the greeting too. (laughs) The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. That's what it means. And behold, you will conceive future in your womb and bear a son, future, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, future, will be called son of the most high. Lord will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Japheth. How long? Forever. Forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no, no end. Is that about the future? Yeah. And Mary said to the angel, are you sure... Is that what she said? No, because it would say, will this be? No, she said, how? She doesn't question will. She just wants to know how. Which sounds like some of the women I know. She says, how will this be since I am a virgin? Hey, angel, I know you're not human, but there's some math missing in this equation. This can't work. But you're saying it will. Help me understand it. Explain it to me. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, future. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born to you, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called what? Barren. She was not supposed to be able and yet we're six months into Abel. It was supposed to be impossible, and we're six 
months past impossible. And then here's your verse, 37. For nothing will be impossible with God. Can I get an amen? amen? Folks, I don't know if you figured this out. Christmas is about that right there. For nothing will be impossible with God. It used to confuse me at no end growing up hearing stories, especially Christmas. Easter for sure. Most of the other stories in the New Testament and most of the stories in the First Testament. Why are they all so outlandish, impossible, totally unlikely and unrealistic? We've got fish swallowing men then spitting them back up on the land. People walking on water. People, they have leprosy and then all of a sudden they don't have leprosy. People dying and coming back to life. People getting pregnant who've never been known. Why does God do all of those kind of stories? Is there a common theme message that he's trying to get across? Absolutely. What you think doesn't matter when it comes to possible. And Jan said in a prayer this morning, we believe what we tell ourselves. And that's wrong. There is no such thing as impossible. You know, for Joseph, for Mary, prior to Christmas, there were way too many questions. And most of the options were negative and bleak. And they weren't worried about what the cool, trendy word was for bad at the time. They just knew that bad was on its way. They're upset, they're lost, they got all kinds of fears. And love came down, and the earth stood still. Now you see how the psalm fits in? I mean, I know it's only been around for like eight years, but we're going to be singing it for a while. You're going to love it. May the Lord bless the reading of both his words. Amen? Amen. Uh, what did we learn? What did we learn the day the earth stood still? Uh, one of the things that we learned is uh, where you come from defines you. I want you to think about this a little bit. Because in our culture, people like to say things like, well, don't forget where you came from. You know, you know, in our family, our family came from, and in our family, well, why? Because we got, we got history. It's where we, where we came from. And sometimes that's good, but most of the time, it's not good, is it? Well, you don't, you don't know where I'm from. You, you don't know what my parents did. How we grew up. And we think somehow that where we came from is going to define us and that's bad. Most of us would love a time machine. I just want to go back in time. Just, just far enough past where I came from event. Right? But once I get just past where I came from event, I'm going to change it. I'm going to do whatever it takes at all costs. I'm going to change it. And then where I came from moving forward, it's going to be good. 
You like that? I don't mean do you enjoy that. I mean, does it sound like how you feel sometimes? Have you met people that that's absolutely true for them? Yes. Well, then isn't that a horrible phrase? Where you come from defines you? No, because I shall play trump card now. If we're going to get a time machine and we're going to go back in time past a certain event, then you know what? Full throttle, pedal on the right. We're going backwards as far as we need to go to beginning of time. Folks, that's where you came from. God shows up. Love comes down. The earth stood still because in the beginning, God started it all. That is your past. And good news, it's everybody's past. So whether you think your daddy or they think their daddy or where, who was on what side of the track or what country you came from or what you look like now or the fact that you can't grow hair anymore. <laughs> Genetics of your mother's father or whatever and now you can't grow hair no more. Have you heard this one? <laughs> you have to ask that, right, that question to the right person when you're presenting. Right? None of that matters. It doesn't matter for the people that are different than you. It doesn't matter for you. Because you play the game right, if you're really evaluating, you go far enough back to where is your ultimate past. Your ultimate past is Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God. And God is your past. Ultimately, and so who defines you? God defines you. Now, have humans made mistakes along the way? Yes. Well documented as well. They're just mistakes. They're not definitions. Amen? Now, they create a past, right? They create a past for you. And the question becomes then, uh, you know, if I'm from here, whatever, what if I was from Bethlehem? Like Micah chapter 5, verse 2, O you Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are you? Too little to be among the clans of Judah. You're not even big enough to be a clan or a tribe. But from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient of days. doesn't matter where you're from, Bethlehem. There's hope for you. The whole earth could stand still because of you. That's how we define you. Pretty cool. Uh, if that's true, then I want to ask another question. Uh, uh, will your past revisit you? Well, you know, I know I ultimately I'm defined by God if he's my ultimate, right, came from. But since then, you said we've made mistakes, and you were right, because I've made a lot. You have no idea where I've been, what I've done, what I've spent my money on, where I've gone, who I've done it with. Is your past going to revisit you? Man, we don't want to answer that question. Folks, it's Happy Sunday. I'm not talking about your immediate past. In the last 30, 40 years, some of us maybe 60 or 70, if you're blessed and God likes you, Amen. I'm talking about your ultimate past. For Joseph and Mary, their past revisited him. His name was Gabriel. 
past shows up. Not just their immediate past, what they'd experience, but their ultimate past shows up in Gabriel to say, hey, there's a bigger game going on here, and I'm here to make sure you don't muck it up. (laughs) So let me give you some information. Folks, it's a microcosm of what God does with Jesus. When Jesus shows up, what is it? It's our past revisiting us. Remember I said your your came from ultimately started Genesis chapter 1 in the beginning God, right? Male and female he created him, right? What not good for man to be alone. Let's take a rib, we'll make her. And they mucked it up, didn't they? One of my favorite phrases in the Bible. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the midst of the garden. Can I stand on a chair? Folks, who was that? He was revisiting. And he keeps revisiting. At Christmas, it was a revisit. Who wrestled with Jacob? So that his name would be changed to Israel. And they're going to name the whole nation after it forever. Who wrestled with Jacob? That his name should be changed to wrestles with Jesus. The past revisiting. The angels are just a cute little token of what God's been doing for a long. It's just his business. You know this? Right before he leaves. You know, the end of these books that we just quoted first, uh, Matthew 1 and Luke 1. You know, those books end eventually. Some of you are questioning whether Matthew ends. (laughs) That's the series we're in that we stopped to do the Christmas carols, right? We're only at chapter 22. Anyways, at the end of those books, you know what Jesus says? He says, I'm leaving. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Mansion, many rooms, banqueting table, streets of gold. It's going to be awesome. Have no fear, though. While I'm gone, I'm sending you a helper. You're going to have help. I will revisit you. I, will, I am your past, and, and I will revisit you regularly with the Holy Spirit, who we know from other places is ever, all, ever present, always there. But it's a good thing Jesus made that promise, because then we finally got the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Wrong. Didn't he just say, you will be with child when the Holy Spirit comes upon? You know Holy Spirit had been showing up before Jesus promised him at his ascension? I told you it all starts in Genesis, right? Do you remember how it goes? In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth, and earth was null and void, and the, and the Spirit was hovering over the surface of the waters. We love that where we came from defines us and we love that our past revisits us. That's, that's what was accentuated the day the earth stood still is God proving who he is and what he cares about and that we're not on our own and he's not done yet. Folks, you sang it this morning. At the risk of being obvious, let me show you a slide from which you sang gloriously. My God isn't finished yet. 
Amen? That's the second point, folks. If God revisits, it means he's not finished yet. Oh, really? We'll explain, Scott. I shall. From what you're saying right after that. If he did it before, he can do it again. Merry Christmas. Your God, your past, will continue to revisit you. Regardless of mistakes or missteps or where you came from since then, and to write and remind you that you came from him. Knit in my mother's womb before I was knit. He knew my inward parts, all that stuff. Chris is a reminder that you need not be afraid. What do the angels say to both of them? Don't, don't be afraid. To take her as a don't be afraid, because what's going to be conceived in you is from the Holy. What are you afraid of? Don't answer that out loud. I know it's stuck in your head now because I asked the question. And I want to know why. Why are you afraid of that? And I seldom do that, but I will go pastor on you now. It's irrational. You have a God that is never done. And he always does. He shows up regularly. He doesn't quit. You ready for the best part? Ready for the best part? He likes you. (laughs) Wait, we're at church. Aren't you supposed to say he loves me? You've heard that so many times it's lost its meaning. And a lot of you believe that he loves you, but you're not sure if he likes you. (laughs) He likes you. Pretty much doesn't care what you've done. He's going to keep revisiting you, hounding you, nagging you. Pulling you back until you figure out that the earth stood still. There's a bigger game going on than you think. And there's much more logic than you can put together in your own head. And forgiveness is not earned and it's not limited. It's actually a guaranteed part of the deal. He's just waiting to do that and move on to the next thing as soon as you're ready. So the question is really, what's next? What do you want to do next? Because your origin and your past should be your future. Let your origin, where did you ultimately come from? God. And what is your ultimate past? God. Let that be your future. Scott, where'd you get that in the passages? I asked you and you said, forever. And then I made you speak again. You said, will be no end. Forever's going to happen. With you or without you. Have you ever fought the system, fight the powers, any of that? Have you ever tried to do that? Has it, has it ever worked, ever? For a little while. But God comes on the scene to win you over, to draw you in, that you might win others over, draw them in, show them their intrinsic value because they came from the same place and they have the same ultimate past. 
That's the message of Christmas. Nothing will be impossible with God. Amen? That's why we're baptizing five people today. Go get them. If you're one of them, go get ready. If you're dunking one of them, go get ready. Usually we dunk donuts today. We got really big donuts. Father God, thank you for never giving up. For understanding what we think we see in our own minds, in our own hearts, what we think we feel, what we think is defined. And thank you, Lord, that it never gives you pause. And when you know we've had enough or we know we need a sign or you, you know we need your attention, you show up in miraculous ways. And we're still trying to figure out how to stop calling it miraculous, Lord. Because all you do is what we think we call impossible. And yet you don't have that word in your vocabulary. Pray, Lord, you would remind us of that. And that some ways we can never be made new because we can never be changed from being from you, you being our origin, you being our creator. We're just being drawn back. I pray, Lord, that we remind us of that this Christmas. Thank you for coming down and for showing us that the earth could stand still. I pray, Lord, for this offering that you would take it, receive it, use it. Help us be a church that's clear on our past, clear on our present, and clear about our future. We pray this all in your son Jesus' name. Amen.